0: And hello, America. Welcome to another edition of Greg's List Live, your home for serious journalism only on America's Web Radio.com. Congratulations are in order, David. The Democrats just reelected Nancy Pelosi as the, uh, House Minority Leader. Uh, what, 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 what do you think about that? That is, that is awesome. That is great news for Republicans. Great news for us in 2016 to have her once again, the face of the Democrat Party, <laughs> San Fran Nan from, uh, from, from the great state of uh, uh, Cal- the People's Republic of California. Well, the poor lady,
1: you realize, has uh, has dementia, Alzheimer's, because she has forgotten that she mentioned many times a guy named Gruber. And and just the other day, she said she would never heard of him. So yeah. the poor lady must be suffering from Alzheimer's mm-hmm. or dementia. Or, and at, at her age, you could understand how she could have one at of those. At her age,
0: and also the fact that, I mean, clearly she's on a lot of drugs.
1: Yeah, and her face has been drawn yeah, I mean, so she, many times. That's the thing. The, the, has the probably tightening popped.
0: of the pores, I think, yeah. has has drained some of the brain activity in her. But uh, I gotta say, Gruber. The uh, MIT professor that uh, helped design Obamacare—he is like the the Jelly of the Month Club from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> he he's a gift that keeps on giving, isn't he? I mean, we—it's amazing how many videos he's got. More videos than Jenna Jameson. I mean, he's literally. <laughs> Have they made YouTube yet? Have they what? Have they made YouTube? Yet? Yeah. Uh I mean, I've seen six of them that uh, have been now been released, and some of them are sound bites. The guy was—I got to give him credit—he was no, sh- you know, shrinking violet. He he went out and 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 talked and talked and talked, and I guess he he didn't realize that maybe Obamacare was still an issue to more than. of the people that uh, lost their health care or have it changed drastically.
1: Do you you remember the saying? You were too young, obviously. Well, as a matter (laughs) of fact, I'm too young, believe it or not. But there was a saying during World War II. Do you remember what that might be? Um, Loose lips sink ships. Uh, Hello, you got it. You win. The bird comes down. You win the prize, whatever the hell the prize was. but. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about loose lips. He's got diarrhea of the mouth,
0: doesn't he? No, I mean it's amazing that that he he went to these fairly obscure. Events. And you know what it reminds me a little bit of is when Todd Aiken, the guy from uh, Missouri, went on that Bible show and, and said the legitimate rape question, um, answer. Clearly, it was not a. Uh, it, it really hurt the uh, the election chances for Republicans in 2012. It established the war on women narrative. And, you know, he was on a show that um, he probably didn't think anything he said would be used against him in, in the court of public opinion. And sure enough, it comes out, and that, and that cost him the Senate seat there. And now we're finding out that Gruber is not just one time, but we have six he's videos awesome. so far. This guy, the guy that uh, found out about him, he, he's an interesting story. Um, I'm trying to – I can't think of his name right this second. But basically his health care got, got canceled, and his new premium went up by like 250 percent. And so he went back – to all the uh, Obama lies about if you like your healthcare, you can keep it if you like your doctor you can keep him and he started looking up some of the architects of Obamacare and there was that Ezekiel guy uh, there was another guy and then there was Mr. Gruber from MIT now he couldn't find out too much information on the first two guys but Mr. Gruber literally is he's been in like a movie of the week for, <laughs> for, for, for like a year and uh, that's where all these the um, the week. that's where all these videos are coming from and I think it's going to really help us, the peel back Obamacare. There are certainly parts of it that I think we need to keep. The pre-existing condition. That's something that if we're going to do that, then we need to go ahead and allocate funds and explain that that is what these funds are for and not fundamentally change everybody else's in the country's health care.
1: You know, Greg, let me ask you. I, I mean, I, I have a jaded view anyway, but, you know, when... If I've got you... If I see your hand in the cookie jar or in the cash register pulling out money, and I, I see your hand, and I connect your hand to your face, I think I pretty well got you on film, you know, or on video, or on whatever media it happens to be. And for Obama to get up and say, "I've never heard of him," or from what my people <laughs> yeah. tell me, he was nothing but a you know a little bitty person in the in the whole scheme of things when. He visited the White House at least 12, if not 20 times. Right. They know he went in, and I don't think you and I are privy to the uh, Oval Office, nor would I want to go in right now. But anyway, I don't. <laughs> you have to be invited to the Oval Office. I understand it's rather difficult just to walk, unless you're... You well, know, I was about to say, unless you're like a terrorist and just hop the fence, know, it's the really fence. hard to get into the White House. These days. You know, so for Obama just to get up and, I mean, not even sort of lie... This is, everything else that he has done has been a, you know, we know he's lying, but it's been yeah, somewhat, you know, questionable lie. It's maybe. been a little ambiguous in
0: parts, I guess uh, is what you're trying I mean, to say.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, you can keep your doctor, you can get, you know, if you like it, you can keep, well, anyway, we know that was a lie, but then to get in on this thing and just come out and say, I've never heard of the guy... When you got him signing
0: in and saying, <laughs> I love Obama, I mean, you know. Well, I think it's funny that, again, he's just found out about this from, like, like literally yesterday when he did his press conference. I mean, this story's been around for a week and a half. And yesterday's, I, you know, my people just now told me about this guy. Yeah, before, I come, guy. before right, I come out. Yeah, right. right before I came out. I No, just, he didn't say came out. He said, come out, right come before on. I come out. To do these. Yeah, do right, right before I come out to do this. I guess his uh, grammar was off a little bit too. But uh, he, um, it's just amazing that his team, I guess, thinks that he doesn't need to hear about some of these issues. It, 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 it's, it boggles the mind a little bit because Nancy Pelosi says she's never heard of him. And you, then you, in 2009, she's bragging about him. Uh, John Kerry ask. was
1: bragging about him. You've got to ask, what does Obama do when he's sitting on the toilet. (laughs) Does he not read the newspaper? Does he not have television going? Does he not... You know, we I mean, gotta, is he
0: watching Sports Center or something? I mean, I don't know. I know, he, I know, he's playing a lot of golf, and supposedly he's actually gotten worse at golf through the years. I don't, I don't know. It, how he wait plays. a second, golf has nothing to do. When he's playing golf, he's in tune with the White House. He's plugged in. They got an extension card that goes right thinking, in his. Uh, anyway. you were thinking they could give him iTunes or something, and he could put some headphones on while he's at least practicing golf to maybe catch up on current events. You know, when when the president when Potus first well, hears he about needs things, needs to catch up on just events. That's Midwest what I'm, That's what I'm saying. When, when Potus gets his updates from the national news media, that's been used to uh, kind of caretaking to him, then we've got real problems. I mean, do you trust his administration on any of the uh, bigger stories? Like the uh, the Robert Gates and Panetta have both come out guns blazing against the White House and their micromanagement of the uh, the foreign affairs. Basically. And so has
1: your girlfriend, Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, she's clearly trying to uh, lay the the groundwork for her run in uh, 2016. Which I, I'm really thinking that this Gruber story is going to uh, to set the tone for the next year at least. I'm hoping Republicans can can actually. Get some things through, though. The Keystone Pipeline, that should have 60 votes from the Senate. House has already passed it. Let Obama cancel it. You know why? Because we're seeing, and I know gas prices tumbling isn't good for everybody, especially the Middle East. But it is good for the average person, and it's good for companies in the transportation. It's good for most people because it's going to decrease costs of goods, decrease transportation. It'll have a lot more spending money for people that drive a lot. Um, And it may show a little bit of a resurgence in some of the uh, the SUV industry. I don't think the dip is going to last forever. But when you look at one of the reasons why, which is increased shale production, that shows you that we are getting off of our uh, dependency on Middle East oil. More supply does lower the price, which a lot of these uh, leftist economists say, oh no, no, oil is the only commodity in the world where more supply doesn't mean a lower price. We're seeing that U.S. production does indeed lower prices and having the Keystone Pipeline be able to bring more oil from our, from a friend, Canada, or North, North America, if you will, then all that's going to do is, is Increase the supply, decrease dependency on the Middle East, and lower the price further.
1: Well, you know, I, I tell you, to get in, we don't need the Keystone, actually, to get independence. We we could do it within the United States easily, easily. Um, but that's not going to happen either until... Uh, we have a different president that uh, will open up the public lands.
0: Yeah, the federal. Up. you're right. The federal lands, especially in Alaska, which I will say the Keystone Pipeline, if we ever do open up some of the Alaskan reserves, I think Keystone might be able to be used for those. Am I, I right? I don't know.
1: Yeah, you may know something. I well, know.
0: I mean, I, all I know is Alaska is next to Canada. <laughs> so That's I very good. I,
1: yeah. I knew Georgia, University of Georgia. <laughs> It taught some things. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, hey, you know, my, I got to say, geography is one of my strong suits. Um, in fact, the first three letters of Georgia is G E O, just like geography. So uh, I think we've got some uh, that, uh, symbiosis there. Have we've you thought gotta... about running for office? That was very quick. <laughs> well, actually, I, um, I I think I'm going to retire from running for a little while. It's. Uh, You know, I had to take the car magnets and all the paraphernalia off my truck after the race was over. But it's really a good thing because now I can let Georgia drivers let them know what I think about them. Can you imagine having to, like, grin and bear it? Because, you know, you have these – and I had had uh, Romney stickers on, uh, Bob Barr stickers. So i had been used to it, but it's even more pressure when it's your own name. Emblazoned on the side of your of your truck, and it's you know on both sides and behind it, where literally anybody that uh, that you give them the uh, one finger salute was going to go home and type in vote Greg Williams and say, "Wow, this guy's an ass. He's a terrible driver.
1: <laughs> He's a real you know, the one." I didn't understand that you had on your car was uh, I love Greg Williams. That's me. I, I thought that was a little <laughs> that was a little much.
0: That was a little self effusive. And, uh, I th- I think the wife kind of helped me out with that one. Oh. I tried. She actually. I even talked her into putting one on her car. And she's she's as, as as some of the listeners know, she's Ecuadorian. Her driving skills are pretty good. She shows her impatience when we're in her home country. And uh, <laughs> I hear more Spanish curse words than uh, <laughs> than I knew existed. Put it I that. Tell way. you what, uh,
1: Atlanta. Uh, I, I have to agree with you. Atlanta drivers are have, and they've gotten worse. We gotta stop. No, we don't. It's, no. I'm sorry. We're, well, not, no. There's, th- well, there yeah. was
0: nothing worse, David, than when I was having to be nice to people with Obama bumper stickers or Jason Carter or Michelle Nunn bumper stickers. That was rough. A- a- and I've always said it's it's bad being that Samaritan that you let somebody in front of you, and then they've got an Obama yeah. 2012. So you, you literally have to sit there stuck in Atlanta traffic and see Obama Biden 2012 for like the, the next 20 minutes of your life. That. Oh, Sucks. That that is a hashtag sucks.com.
1: <laughs> I uh, I have the thing. Uh, read my lips, and I, I will, you know, lip my uh, verbiage to them. and well, let them know exactly what I think, you know.
0: Well, David, um, the good news though, you remember the Obama bumper sticker removal kits? You, you remember when they came out? Those actually work just as well for Michelle Nunn and Jason Carter bumper stickers. Do they? Oh yeah, they they're like a, they're like a charm. We're going to be talking a little bit about some of the national elections with a couple of our guests coming up. We have uh, GeorgiaPundit.com, uh, one of their editors, Jeff Breedlove. We have our friend David Johnson calling in and also Rob Lee from 2G Strategy. So we've got a pretty full show today. We're going to talk about the national impact of things as well as some of the bills that are on the horizon uh, for the state of Georgia. I am a little concerned already reading some of these Twitter feeds about a couple of these bills. I uh, that are sponsored by Republicans or look to be sponsored. I think Republicans are forgetting what limited government means. Um, but anyway, we'll be getting into that. They have to pre-file some of these bills, I guess, so they can build some popular support for them. So I'll be monitoring these bills and building popular support either for or against them depending on what kind of damage they do. I personally think we have enough laws in the state of Georgia. We need to look at repealing some of the laws and enhancing personal liberty and freedom. You know,
1: Chuck uh, Cook did a good show today on his show, uh, Immigration Hour, and he was addressing one of the new bills that's mm-hmm. coming out. And the more he got into it, and th- and this is something that really is this a driver's me.
0: license? It him? happens to be the driver's okay. license
1: that is stupid. And he explained exactly why it was stupid and why it was going out of bounds. And then we got to discussing, or we had been discussing, um, some of the bills that, and some of the statements that our congressmen make. They don't have a clue. They haven't read the law. And I'm not saying good, bad, or indifferent. But I'm getting sick and tired, be it Republican, Democrat, white goat, I don't care, <laughs> that comes out and says something that they don't know what they're talking about. And, I, and one of them happens to be one of the big leaders in the Republican Party now, Ted Cruz. And he makes statements that, you know, they're just not right. Well, and and I, I'm getting very disgusted with any politician. I don't care what color they are, green, white, yeah. Democrat, Republican. If they know what they're talking about, great. If they hedge on it or they don't really know what they're talking about, then... Their staff, it's their duty
0: to inform their person of the truth. Right. Well, and and I I agree with you. That's why last week I was happy to say, look, don't be against net neutrality just because Ted Cruz told you so. So anyway, we're going to take our first break. We'll be back with Jeff Breedlove from georgiapundit.com in a second. Thanks.
2: This is Dr. George from Peachtree Ear, Nose, and Throat Center. Do you have problems with sinus pain and pressure? Do other people smell things that you don't? Have you lost the joy in eating because food just doesn't taste like it used to? Is your nose always stuffy no matter what you do? Maybe you have sinus or nasal polyps, a chronic sinus infection, or allergies that are either undertreated or have never been treated at all. At Peachtree ENT Center, we use state-of-the-art equipment so you can see the problem. You'll be a partner in your care, and together we will decide the course of treatment because we believe in old-fashioned medicine, where we take the time to fix the problem, not just medicate the symptoms. We specialize in minimally invasive balloon dilation sinus surgery, correction of a nasal septal deviation, and turbinate reduction surgery that can be done in the office getting you back to work the next day. And you can rest assured that all options will be discussed before surgery is recommended because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. If you'd like to make an appointment, call 404-591-9100 or reach us on the web at www.peachtreeentcenter.com. This is Dr. Susan Blank, Medical Director for the Atlanta Healing Center. Our team is able to offer a multitude of treatment options such as quantitative EEG, also known as brain mapping, hormonal and nutritional assessments, neuropsychological testing, and cognitive therapy, along with traditional 12-step facilitation. And we can even offer you, if appropriate, a gentle medically managed detox. Please contact us at 770-696-9862. This is WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio
0: designed just for you. And welcome back to Greg's List Live, the home of serious journalism, only on AmericasWebRadio.com. We are uh, taking a little solace in some of the Republican victories from November 4th, but it is also now time for Republicans to lead. Uh, David, you had just mentioned about some of the bills that we have on the national scale, and uh, we also have a lot of important things coming up in Georgia. I wanted to welcome back to the show our friend Jeff Breedlow from GeorgiaPundit.com. Jeff, how are you today?
3: Greg,
0: I'm great. How are you? Oh, man, I, uh, you know, up and down, but uh, great day in Athens, Georgia for the uh, for the college football, and uh, obviously we're still reveling in our success from the election on November 4th, but as we saw uh, yesterday, the uh, Georgia's legislative session is about to begin, and uh, they're pre-filing bills, and we're also seeing a national conversation um, pitting Republicans against Obama already, and... Uh, it's um I don't think it's really gonna let up. No no rest for the wicked, right?
3: Oh there's 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 no rest in uh in America for, for freedom and, and democracy and we were talking at the state capitol yesterday with some folks that, that is it's it's kinda it's it's kind of a great thing. I mean we're not gonna decide things in some kind of protest in some square where we burn our country down, but but you know, we never stop the, the discussion, uh we never stopped the elections and uh and that's probably a good thing and we, we saw a great example of that yesterday. Uh, from United States Senator Johnny Isakson who uh, launched his um, 2016 campaign yesterday and I think there was a bit of humanity and a bit of uh, of political realism mixed in he was asked several times why are you doing this now and he said you know because every time I go out in public somebody asks me if I'm running again (laughs) and he said I just get tired of being asked the question, so I just wanted to tell everybody. That's the human side of it. The political side of it is, of course, he wanted to send a strong message to any potential primary challenger or any potential Democrat challenger that he is the man to beat, that he's got the support of uh, the grassroots in the Republican Party. And I must tell you, Yesterday was one of the most impressive political displays uh, in terms of support for a candidate that I've ever seen in the state of Georgia.
0: Well, I got to say, Isaacson did not make it rain for the political consultants, <laughs> unlike uh, Saxby did uh, a couple years ago. But so we're, I, and here's the thing. Here's the takeaway, Jeff. Is I think the Democrats have have learned pretty quickly that uh, Georgia is not quite ready for their uh, progressive leftism. Well, Greg, it's and, a little hard
3: to hear you on this end, by the way, but oh. um, it's, it's very low volume. But the takeaway on the Democrats is this, and I mean this with respect. I, I know Senator uh, Carter, and I, I've only met Michelle Nunn, but I certainly don't know her. But I compliment the, them when I say, you know, the names Carter and Nunn are, are gold standard names in Georgia politics. And the bad news for the Democratic Party is they had the, the two heir parents uh, of their strongest brands on the same ticket and, and they, they got basically 45% of the vote each. And, and that's very bad news for the Democrat Party statewide. Uh, certainly, I expect to see Jason and perhaps Michelle both uh, stand again statewide. But I just think, I think they have to admit that, that as much as they want to say we're a purple state, uh, we're a little bit more red than, than, than they want to admit. Well,
0: the, can you hear me better now? Much better. Okay, the uh, the the takeaway I I looked at was okay. They put up some legacy candidates. They dumped a lot of money into Georgia, and they took on somebody that I think was uh, is is potentially far weaker just because he didn't have power of incumbency or a track record in David Perdue, and lost by eight points going up against Isaacson in twenty sixteen. Um, that's just uh, you know the, I don't see any path to uh, victory for them. In fact, I don't I don't think that. Uh, I would be surprised if they dumped as many resources in Georgia just based on the, these last results and uh, they realized that the Republican ground game, I, I am optimistic that that's not going anywhere. And um, I, I, Isaacson, I think, has bipartisan support just because he has been more of a, a statesman, if you will. And um, I'm, I would wager that there will be somebody to primary him from the Republican side, but uh, it, it would be similar to the ones that primaried uh, Governor Deal this time around and, and wouldn't really... I
3: agree with you. If he gets primaried, it'll be similar to um, <laughs> uh, a tier you know, D or E or F candidate. Uh, uh, Tom Graves, Congressman Tom Graves was there yesterday. There had been speculation that the Tea Party, uh, unnamed people in the Tea Party, wanted to recruit him to run. He was there standing in support of, of, of Senator Isaacson. Congressman Doug Collins was standing there in support. Uh, the Lieutenant Governor, the Secretary of State, the Agricultural Commissioner, no. uh, the Speaker of the House, uh, a large number of, of, the, of the General Assembly members were there. Uh, PSC commissioners were there. Uh, I just don't see a credible Republican candidate. Emerging against Johnny Nor do I see a credible Democrat candidate Emerging against Johnny And that's something He's earned He's not as conservative As I am But he's a good man He's a man that loves The state He's a humble man and I think that uh, I, I
0: will say a little bit. Going back. A little bit will depend on uh, how effective Republicans are during this next 12 months, because I really think we have about 12 months uh, from now uh, to get some stuff done. Uh, clearly, it's in a lame duck session right now. We'll see what Obama does as far as executive orders. Well, I think orders. he'll be
3: chairman of a committee. And I think had, had the Republicans not taken over, some folks might have looked at it a little bit differently. But the fact is, he's going to be chairman of a committee. He's clearly the most popular politician in the state, and, and I think the you know the, the the way to extrapolate that for 2016. I think the interesting thing isn't whether or not Johnny will be challenged at all. It's what does his not being challenged mean for the presidential campaign in the state of Georgia? And I think uh, if you look at the front runner Democrats right now, uh, Georgia is going to be a state that will have to be favored to be in the red. Column again in 2016 um, for 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 the presidential race, yeah. and I think part of that will be the strength of Johnny Isaacson on the ticket in Georgia. And well, I think it'll it will be
0: help. it'll be because the Democrats don't have anybody credible. I mean, I, I really don't think a uh, Nunn or a Carter or uh, a Kasim Reed would try to run against Isaacson because it's it's just not a winnable seat. Uh, and, oh, and,
3: I agree. I think that is, especially for Jason Carter. Uh, for him to run against Isaacson would be, uh, from his perspective, uh, a huge mistake. I think if Jason runs in an open seat for governor uh, in, in four years from now, he's going to give um, the Republicans uh, another run for their money. Um, certainly, I hope the Republican will win. But well, the fact is, I think he'd be a strong candidate Well, to
0: but here's here's but Jeff. Here's another one of the takeaways that I found. I don't think the Democrats are going to have vacuous coronations anymore. I don't think they're going to clear the field for uh, Nunn and Carter, especially for the open governor seat, because it's going to be...
3: Oh, no. And th- I think that's what we see going on with so, this, this back-and-forth diplomacy between the Kasim Reed camp yeah. I and, mean, the, and the Carter basic, camp. Yeah, I think you have to factor in John Barrow and his political future. I mean, yep. the fact is, yes, he lost. But, you know, the NRCC and Republicans in Georgia, we tried for years to, to get rid of him. He proved that he can win votes. Um, you know, there's going to be there's going to be some jockeying going on with the Democratic Party, uh, and yeah. I agree with you. And it'll that's a that's shot.
0: that's only going to help the Republicans because it'll finally we'll get to see some some discord oh, on the Democrat side for the president. Uh, you know, we're hearing uh, Focahontas, which is uh, my, the the little nickname for Elizabeth Warren. I she would have zero chance in Georgia. She's a gun grabbing leftist. Hillary oh, Clinton oh. would.
3: It, po- Pocahontas uh, makes Michael Dukakis <laughs> look like look, look, look like a Ronald Reagan. Yeah, I mean,
0: I would know. love yeah. to see her up. I, I right now, I it's never too early to speculate. I really like Governor Scott Walker as the Republican. Uh, president. Um, I will say Rand Paul was on Bill Maher show the other night. I don't normally watch Bill Maher, but I left it on from something else, and he was actually getting applause from the Bill Maher audience. He's an interesting candidate to look at. I think that the Democrats are typically nice to uh, people that they think aren't a threat to them, so they get propped up a little bit in the Republican um, specter, and of course they will always try to character assassinate people like Governor Walker's actually had to lead a state and, and help save teaching jobs by ending the uh, the public sector uh, corrupt unions there. And uh, that's why I think he's a, a really good candidate for, uh, for Republicans in 2016. It is never too early. I do like to take a little bit of a, of a break, and I'm glad Senator Isaacson has at least uh, held off some of the the announcements for the next uh, six Well, I think months. we're all
3: glad we don't have a runoff going on in Georgia right now at <laughs> Christmas <laughs> yeah. time. But, Joe, uh, yeah. you know, we're going to have the stable for Republicans in 2016, presidential-wise, is much deeper and much stronger than the Democrats are. Um, I mean, they're they're looking at at Elizabeth Warren, uh, Jerry Brown of California, for heaven's (laughs) sakes, Joe Biden, for heaven's sakes, Hillary Clinton. Uh, uh, This is not a a deep bench. I mean, we have um, far more uh, appealing, uh, stronger candidates, and I think we have an embarrassment of riches in 2016 going into the presidential primary. Um, And and I think Georgia's going to play a a key role Brian Kemp is working on Secretary of State Brian Kemp working on getting a kind of SEC you'd like that SEC Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) primary going on and, and I think Georgia will be right there as a key state on that day and I think uh people that like to see presidential candidates on the Republican side of the aisle are going to have a chance to meet almost everybody running.
0: Yeah, well, and uh, again, it, it is really up to the Republicans to, to make sure that uh, winning the election doesn't mean we forget about the, the issues that are important. We need to make sure that uh, Republicans remember what limited government is. And as I uh, preface the show with, there's some bills um, coming out that uh, I'm a little leery of that are sponsored by Republicans. And we're going to have to take a really hard look at them. I saw the one that was supposed to mandate bars have some kind of insurance, I, uh, and that was sponsored by a Republican, supposedly. I need to see the text on that, but uh, I don't like insurance mandates, and I especially don't like it when they come from Republicans.
2: I
3: agree with you. No one likes these unfunded mandates or <laughs> mandates that impact our lives, that, that where we should be able to make the choices. Which also reminds me you know, about going back to Georgia for a little bit. There's been at least two bills pre-filed already. One in the House, which is House Bill 1 by Alan Peake on the medical cannabis bill, and one in the Senate by Senator Josh McCoon, which uh, uh, impacts driver's licenses. And I think, you know, in the Georgia General Assembly, if I may, there's going to be some fascinating uh, posturing on on right-of-center coalitions on everything from the Religious Liberty Bill, to common core in education, yep. to um, funding for transportation, to funding for rural health care, yeah. uh, to funding for for um, uh, things like um, venture capital, to make sure that, that Georgia has venture capital available to attract new yep. jobs. So there's going to be some some serious uh, philosophical questions for the Republican majority to address in the, at the state level in the General Assembly in the next session. Yep. And, and a lot of members will be forced to, to make some choices on what it means to be um, conservative.
0: Exactly. Well, Jeff, I appreciate your time today, as always. And uh, it'll be a fascinating next session as Republicans once again lead the state. Let's make sure they don't lead us in the wrong direction. We'll be back in a couple minutes on Greg's List.
4: Do your children know where their food comes from? At ConnectingFarmToFork.com, there's all kinds of ways to help your child understand how 300 million of us here in America stay nourished, clothed, and healthy. Activities, food facts, and farm visits help young people learn about America's hardworking farmers and have lots of fun doing it. Visit ConnectingFarmToFork.com today for a learning experience that will really grow on you. ConnectingFarmToFork.com, brought to you by the people who care at Feedstuff's Food Link.
5: Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like.
0: Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on The Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m.
5: Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like.
2: This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.
0: Welcome back to Greg's List Live, the home of serious journalism, only on com. Wanted to take a minute to invite everybody out. Buckhead Young Republicans have their uh, November meeting tonight at the uh, Georgia GOP headquarters on Maple Drive. We've got uh, uh, Nancy Palmer from the Georgia Craft uh, Brewery Guild and... Um a couple of other speakers from some of the local breweries will be talking about one of the uh, bills that they want to get passed through which uh, which would allow some of the uh, craft uh, the brew pubs to actually be able to sell a six-pack or a growler to people that come through to one of their tours. To me, it's a pretty common sense job-creating piece of legislation. There's cronies at the Gold Dome that are likely to want to stop that and keep the status quo in place. But I uh, wanted to invite everybody to hear about that issue tonight. We are also having elections. It will be my last meeting as chairman of the buckhead young republicans and david i know you've uh we've joined now by david johnson from strategic vision david you've been a, a guest at the buckhead young republicans meetings in the past and wanted to welcome you back to the show
6: oh thank you greg you've done an outstanding job as chairman
0: well, you know, we were happy to have you speak at uh, several of the meetings, and you've also been a frequent guest on this show. I wanted to have you on today so we could kind of uh, gloat a little bit about the, uh, the winds that I think both you and I predicted uh, on November 4th. But we also have to look and say, okay, we caught, it's like the dog catching the, 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 the truck. What do we do now with it, right?
6: Well, now, the, now comes the hard part, and that's governing. And what the Republicans have to do, not just here in Georgia but throughout the country, is show a positive conservative agenda. Even in Congress, if we know Barack Obama is going to veto things, we still need to give the Republican agenda, the positive conservative agenda, to show people there isn't an, al- an alternative. And Republicans are the party of ideas; uh, they're not just a party of say no to Barack Obama. That's what's very critical at this hour.
0: Yeah, and, and I uh, I think there had been some sentiment to not uh, waste time trying to repeal Obamacare, but our friend Mr. Gruber, the, the, the jelly of the month club, the gift that keeps on giving, I think has made a repealing Obamacare or repealing some of the more debilitating parts of it a focal point of this next session.
6: Oh, they really has. I mean, look... It shows what this administration thought of the American people from the very beginning. It shows their complete contempt of the American people, of the legislative (laughs) process. And I think it epitomizes what's wrong with Obamacare, but beyond that, what's wrong with this administration? This administration is the most arrogant, the most abusive that we've ever seen in history. They have no regard, not only for the American people, but for our allies abroad as well. And we're seeing this over and over again. And I think really Gruber's remarks crystallize the Obama's approach to governance,
0: yeah and strategically um you know clearly the republicans we we always lose when uh when we shut down the government. Is it possible for them to fund every part of the government but just not fund uh, certain aspects of Obamacare specifically um you know some of the the handouts to uh to um some of the hospital well, the hospitals, some of them that didn't expand medicaid in the rural areas we have to look at a way to, to somehow fund those but uh, there's a lot of aspects of obamacare including the handouts to the insurance industry that i think we need to seriously look at defunding is it possible now that the republicans have both the senate and the house that they would be able to do that and and, and achieve that through a, a funding mechanism
6: definitely there's a lot of ways that basically republicans can kill obamacare with the death of a thousand cuts <laughs> and that's really what the republicans have to do and mitch mcconnell i know a lot of people don't like him but he's a master of the rules of the u.s senate and he knows how to do that it's through budget uh, the budgetary process and you can starve obamacare and that's what this is, republicans have got to do now that they're in
4: power
0: yeah, I mean, there's the medical device tax. It seems like it has bipartisan support to repeal because that was basically a tax on revenue, not profit. So it really had a, a, a massive impact on the prices for people that are, you know, medical devices includes, you know, prosthetics and stints and um, heart monitors and, and things like that. So it really impacts a lot of folks, and it impacts the, uh, the Medicare budget as well. And that's something that has bipartisan support. Do you think Obama would be willing to actually sign any legislation that had bipartisan support, even though it was kind of a Republican idea? No, I don't. Okay.
6: <laughs> That's... I think this president uh, wants confrontation nonstop, regardless of whether it seems bipartisan, whatever. He's going to continue to go it alone, do it his way, and also try to govern uh, through executive uh, uh, orders. And I think what he's looking for, more than anything, is to try to uh, get, Rep- get Republicans to go too far, and try to impeach him.
0: Well, I will say that uh, him going alone on immigration and trying to give five million illegal aliens uh, a form of amnesty—that may be an impeachable offense. But um, I, uh, I'm from the side that thinks Republicans should be pushing their agenda, the positive conservative agenda that you mentioned, while also making sure that we get a good PR team out explaining why, covering the airways, covering the blogosphere, covering social media, and saying, look, this missive has 65 senators that wants to push it, and we've got a 60-40 majority in the House. Why won't the president sign it? And if you can build popular support for something, which you remember a couple years ago when they wanted to attack Syria, uh, enough popular support, it came in, and the White House backed down from it, which now that may not be looking like the best of ideas, but um, it showed that they w- they are somewhat pliable to public opinion.
6: Oh, definitely. I agree totally on that. But at this point, I don't see the administration doing that. I see the administration really, as I said, wanting confrontation. They know there's not enough votes for impeachment. But what they're hoping for is they can get Republicans to go too extreme that Republicans begin talking about impeachment, maybe even try impeachment, knowing that it's going to fail, and then the Obama administration can say, see, I told you so, <laughs> this is what's going to happen if you elect these horrible Republicans, and sure enough, that's what they did.
0: Yeah, um, That's
6: their game plan.
0: Right. Well, uh, I will say that um, uh, the the cycle for 2016 is... Looking as unfavorable for Republicans as it did for Democrats this past time, as Republicans have a lot of Senate seats that are up for grabs and a, uh, a do nothing Senate that looks like they're uh, uh, on the extreme side of things, it's going to make a lot of these seats hard for us to defend, and it'll turn in that uh, it'll turn out that all we did was rent the Senate for a couple of years and we didn't get any return for our investment.
6: Oh, exactly. What Republicans have got to do is they've got to begin sending legislation to the president. Even if they know he's going to veto it, showing what Republicans want to do, what their policy is, and that's got to be their uh, strategy going forward.
0: With the Republicans had a huge win in the Senate, picking up nine seats so far. I think is it eight or nine right now? And then pending it's Louisiana, eight.
6: it eight. looks like it's going to be nine. Okay. I think Louisiana goes Republican.
0: Well, did any of those? Uh, did any of the elections surprise you that they went our way, or any ones that didn't go our way surprise you?
6: I really thought that we would uh, win in New Hampshire. I was a little surprised by that. Scott Brown fell short. Virginia, I'll tell you, was the shocker. I think a lot of Republicans are now regretting they didn't spend more money and send more resources to that state.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the thing about these uh, Senate seats is, and why it's so important is... These are six year terms. So they, they, you won't get another chance to vote on these people till, well, uh, for the 2014, David Perdue won't be up until the year 2020. And think how different the country may be by that time, or, or, uh, hopefully, you know, in a, in a positive way rather than a negative way. But that's why it's so critical for Republicans to make sure we defeat Mary Landrew in Louisiana because we're, we're really making up for the, uh, missed opportunities like Claire McCaskill and, um, the indiana seat which richard murdoch unfortunately lost and and those two red states are we're still kind of nursing our wounds from losing those but that's why it's critical that uh, louisiana which should go our way i'm predicting a 55 45 win for uh, mr cassidy um in the runoff there
6: Uh, i think that's very likely
0: but uh, what are some of the things that you think Republicans should be looking at on the state level? Because the voters once again gave us another chance to lead here in Georgia. And uh, I don't know if you've been working on any of the bills or heard any rumors, but uh, we're obviously seeing the medical cannabis bill come out. I think that one, I mean, that one had near unanimous support last year. I just hope they can pass that one without adding a bunch of BS to it, which, which ended up uh, uh, boondogling it last year.
6: Oh, exactly. I think that needs to go through, and I think, really, Republicans just have to hew the line and show a conservative agenda going forward that they get what the voters were voting for, and they're going to give the voters what they wanted, that conservative agenda.
0: Yeah, it's time to remind people of the the, the, the positive agenda, the job-creating agenda, the limited government that conservatives supposedly stand for. And I think that uh, some of the legislation that's coming down the pipe, Republicans need to look at it and say, does this actually grow government? Does it enhance cronyism? Um, does it uh, lessen or does it decrease the jobs and freedom? And that should be kind of the litmus test for our, our legislative priorities.
6: Oh, definitely. I agree totally with that.
0: Yeah, and from a foreign policy, I know you keep up with uh, a lot of the geopolitics going on. Um, What do you think the United States should be doing in response to uh, ISIS, who uh, they beheaded another American um, that just showed the video uh, a couple days ago? That one just, um, you know, popped on YouTube. Uh, You know, what's wrong with our current strategy? What should we be doing different?
6: I mean, we really don't have a strategy. I mean, we're either going to pose it full out, support our allies, even if we don't like their human rights records, or we're going to do nothing. And realistically, when we say we're going to do something, we need to do it. This administration, I mean, everybody knows, okay, there's Obama's first word, and then there's his second word, then his third word. So no one takes Anything that he says as fact or as gospel, they know there's no strength behind his words. I mean, quite frankly, he makes Neville Chamberlain at Munich look like a pillar of strength. <laughs> so realistically, until he shows that he's going to put force behind his words, no one's going to pay attention to him and nothing's going to change.
0: Right. Right. And uh as far as Mr. Gruber goes, um if you were the White House, what would you be doing? They're denying even knowing the guy right now. what would you be doing let's put the the hat on the other and as far as the strategic vision goes and uh it's almost like they every time they denounce him another video sources where they they tout his uh his advice and tout his I would ingenuity. get out in
6: front of it look this is crisis communications one oh one. We knew this guy, this is a big mistake, we were not aware he was going to say that, this is not the opinion of the White House, and we're sorry, and then repudiate him. They can't keep saying, though, that they never heard of him. The longer they do that, it's going to hurt them.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I got to say, I, I have a little bit of schadenfreude uh, on this one because uh, every time they, they, especially Nancy Pelosi, who just got reelected, I, uh, I got to say that's got to be a strategic uh, error on, uh, on the Democrats' part because she represents um, a pretty catastrophic loss for, for Democrats in the House during the past four years.
6: Quite frankly, all they've done is rearrange the deck Fringer of the Titanic <laughs> with their leadership elections.
0: All right. Well, David, I appreciate you taking the time to call into Greg's list today. As always, great to hear from you. And uh, we are able to celebrate a little bit of a a victory lap from November 4th. But now it's time to get back to the the real business of governing with a a positive, conservative agenda. I agree with you 100% on that sentiment. Thank you, sir.
6: Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: And we've got uh, our friend Rob Lee from 2G Strategies calling in at the uh, 245 mark. And uh, just wanted to... Update everybody on, uh, on a couple of uh, housekeeping items. The Buckhead Young Republicans do have their Tuesday meeting tonight. The Atlanta Young Republicans have their final meeting of the year tomorrow night at Five Seasons Brewery with uh, Randy Evans. That's at 7 p.m. And I uh, hope you guys can make it out to those events. We'll be back in a couple of minutes on Greg's List.
4: This is Michael Gano with Insight to Israel. Every day the Israeli Defense Force finds itself on the front line of the war with the militant arm of Islam. Surrounded by enemies from within and without, they fight for the only Jewish state. Military service is mandatory, ladies serving two years and men serving three right out of high school. While young people in other democracies are busy traveling or attending university, Israeli men and women gear up for basic training. In a world of heads of state, politicians, ambassadors, diplomats, and a leftist media, many times our voice at the grassroots level is drowned out.
7: Don't be hoodwinked by the left, who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's web radio.
3: Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out, and when necessary,
5: support usjf as they support you you're listening to americaswebradio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio thank you for listening
0: and welcome back to greg's list live the home of serious journalism only on americaswebradio.com and uh, joining us tonight or uh, today i guess is uh, rob lee who is the uh, the brand new chairman of the Cobb young republicans rob uh, welcome to the show it's good to be able to introduce you with that new moniker
7: Hey man the more titled the merrier i guess
0: Yeah no I, the more entitled the merrier i think would be <laughs> <laughs> But uh anyway uh, congrats on the uh, on the on the win there and I uh, wanted to congratulate the Republicans in general for their win on November 4th but it's time for to, to quit victory lapping and get to work uh, what do you think we need to be looking at on a national level uh, to make sure the uh, the Republican agenda gets get, it's put in the proper limelight and also we actually get some stuff done I think we have about a 12-month window before the 2016 session starts and uh, we have 12 months to get some things actually done and in dc do you agree with that
7: oh yeah absolutely i mean uh on on a national level i think it uh i think it begins with the announcement that uh johnny isaacson will be running for re-election i think he's a fantastic senator i think uh i think if we as republicans want to uh do some good work you know let's help our republican majorities govern um i i saw a little little blurb on one of the facebook uh the Facebook crazies out there calling <laughs> calling Johnny Isaacson a liberal Republican and, uh, you know, avoiding those kind of conversations might be a good start for what we need to do to actually accomplish something.
0: Well, you know, so. obviously Isaacson broke some hearts in the political consultant world when he <laughs> announced the re-election bid. Um, again, he there's, uh, you know, I'm sure he's going to get somebody to primary him from the right. The question is, will there be any validity? If we're unable to get anything done during this next 12 months, and, and I'm talking about at least, you know, pushing down the Democrat unfavorable ratings, if Obama vetoes everything and we properly message it and we send common sense pro-growth bills to him to sign, then I, I think the Democrats will be giving up the White House in 2016.
7: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this is our chance to, uh, you know, let's, let's accept the truth here. Most of the good stuff is it going to be vetoed by Obama? And when I say good stuff, I mean commonsensical policy, commonsensical conservative policies that uh, that, that can get us back on track. So, uh, and if if it's anything that uh, if it's anything that we've done in the past, it's that we've shot ourselves in the foot. We we really need to, as activists and party members, help our legislators not shoot themselves in the foot. And uh, you know, going off the cuff calling Johnny Isaacson a liberal republican is probably a bad start to that.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure that's somebody uh, in the state of Georgia, The, the and, and those voices are going to get drowned out nationally. The main thing we need to look at is Isaacson will likely be promoted to chair of uh, the Veterans Committee. The VA needs funding to uh, help the uh, returning heroes. There's absolutely no question about that, and I do think that uh, fu- uh, supporting troops is under the purview of the U.S. Constitution. So we shouldn't hear any ire from the Tea Party saying, oh my God, they're spending money we don't have. I mean, that's money that's clearly needed to be allocated to people um, I had Ron Johnson uh, the second vice chair of the state party on in a, a marine last week and we were talking about if the feds won't do it then the state of Georgia needs to look at uh, maybe taking some of their money and at least providing a little bit of a backstop for the hospital so that's some positive legislation the Keystone pipeline clearly that a vast majority of the American people would like to see <clears throat> more oil on the market and there's um and as I preface the show with that that's a clear indication more supply does lower prices of, of oil and gas. We, we're seeing that manifest right now. And, and it's whatever the far left wants to say about oil being the only commodity that is not impacted by supply and demand laws, that they, they, we can quickly show that to be a lie and uh, increasing well, trading. with look, can-
7: at, look at gas prices now and, and dropping demand from Europe, right? I mean, there's a reason we're under $3 a gallon is because there's no demand in Europe because their economy is horrible. Uh, you know, I think the next <clears throat> what the next two years will show us in terms of governing and is that i've I've had this conversation with multiple folks i don't I don't necessarily think Obama is he comes from a legacy of leadership in the state of Illinois where basically executive fiat determined what policies happened and which policies didn't. Uh, you look at the Chicago legacy. You've got the dailies. You that that basically just said, "Hey, we're going to do what we want, uh, and don't argue with us." Uh, if if you ever lived in Chicago, you know that there was a uh, there was a little airfield down down right on the uh, the lakefront, right near uh, right near downtown Chicago, and Daly wanted to bulldoze it. Uh, the court said, you can't do that, and so he went out in the middle of the night with bulldozers and basically bulldozed the runways for this little little airport. Uh, you know, that's the legacy that Obama comes from, and and that's a legacy that has led to cities like Chicago really kind of stagnating while more conservative suburbs of those cities and more conservative states have seen a lot of success economically. Over the course of the next two years, that leadership style, that legacy will come out. We're already seeing it with the executive amnesty uh, uh, proposal that, yeah. that Obama said he's just going to do by fiat. Uh, people will not be happy about that. For the next two years, we'll have presidential campaigns debating how that impacts the role of government. We'll have Senate Republicans and House Republicans passing common sense legislation. But I think that's going to trickle down to the state level as well, especially here in Georgia, where conservatives have the ability to uh, to make some positive changes. And with a with a reinvigorated governor, with a with a new mandate, a very clear mandate, and and the uh, legislative majorities that we have, you know, I'm I'm excited to see what's going to happen.
0: Yeah. Well, and, a- and
7: there are a wide range of things that can possibly happen
0: I'm optimistic that Georgia will be able to uh, to protect against some of the uh, the large S. Um, with the immigration bill the uh, even the, the the bipartisan one that passed the Senate the CBO which you know you can debate whether they're Statistics are accurate. They predicted that wages would actually decrease for the first ten years if we did, you know, amnesty um, the uh, the eleven million illegals. And when we say amnesty, this doesn't necessarily mean citizenship. This just means we're going to allow them to legally stay here. And I think me and you have talked about this before. That's not the worst idea in the world, but that does have a palpable economic impact of lowering wages. This is predicted by the CBO, and they're normally kind of a uh, garbage-in, garbage-out entity. And I don't think the people that are working right now can afford any more wage decreases.
7: Wages on what? I mean, I don't necessarily buy that argument. Wages on low-skill, low, low skill, service-oriented jobs that, guess what, Americans really aren't filling right now as it is. Uh, it's not going to impact wages anywhere near the level of... Uh, impact that poor regulatory policy, uh, Obamacare, things along those lines are, are going to have an impact of. What, what scares me about the amnesty, if you want to call it that, but, but really the Obama proposal is that it just completely says legislate, the role of government and legislative and, and executive checks and balances don't matter when I want something done and that is the legacy that he, that he that I mentioned before that he comes from that's the terrifying part because if he's allowed to get away with it in this instance it then becomes a legacy for presidents down the road and i don't care if you're conservative or democrat or liberal or republican that's a bad thing yeah
0: because right? I, that
7: is a bad precedent to set i always uh, something needs to be done to reassert congressional authority and and, and really, really, you know, demonstrate some leadership. Well, and, and this is a perfect opportunity uh, for Republicans to take an immigration policy. We, you know, some of your listeners might not want to hear this, but the term amnesty is a ridiculous term that we need to get rid of uh, because we can't have a real discussion. You're not, we're not going to shit 12 million people back uh, because it's terrifying to think of the federal authorities it would take with a lot of guns to start rounding people up. We need to have a a solution that allows people to get in line, pay a fine, and become American citizens. And long term, we we need to just set up a simpler immigration policy so people can come through an Ellis Island in any part of the country where we have these things set up provide their appropriate paperwork become American citizens in a relatively short time.
0: Yeah, and we want to make sure we're getting productive people that are coming here. We, we don't want people coming here for the free stuff, and I, I do fear that uh, we have a lot of that. we got a couple minutes left here. The uh, net neutrality uh, is a really interesting issue. Um, last week I had uh, Barry Trout on who's pro-net neutrality, and um, this is another issue that I think the voices of... Of the far right can drown out the logic behind it. I've asked for people that are uh, against net neutrality, not just because Ted Cruz told you to be against it, but to, yeah, I'd like to have an interesting or, or discussion on that. Um, I know you're kind of a, a techie in uh, in your other life and have some knowledge about stuff. What do you think about uh, net neutrality?
7: It's actually, I, I wish I was that much of a techie that I I could understand it, but uh, <laughs> really understand the intricacies. And again, it brings up a larger question. Um, we're we're talking we're talking about a regulation now that really has been driven by regulations which have allowed for the monopolization of, of utility services like information technology in, in its various forms.
0: So that said. <sighs>
7: I don't really have a good answer for
0: you. Well, (laughs) and that's kind of why I want to, you know, hash out the discussion a little bit and not just have a uh, concrete yes or no, because the, the pro net neutrality folks will say oh if you like it the internet the way it is then uh, you know just you know have have the FCC have have these uh, overseeing powers now we've heard about that if you like it then you can keep it so we've heard those edicts from the feds before and they haven't exactly come true I'm gonna do a little bit more research on this topic on my end Rob I did want to thank you for calling in and congrats on your uh, on your new uh, employment, if you will, or uh, <laughs> volunteerism well, as a uh, YR Chair and... Uh, uh- which you I appreciate
7: it. It was a hard-fought, 13-second <laughs> campaign. You
0: went you went, Kim Jong-un and won with 100% of the uh, support. So <laughs> yeah. I, could, could,
7: I even got seconds from other chapter chairs that yeah. uh, aren't technically Cobb ours. Hey, that's you know, how amazing of a, of a campaign it well, was.
0: Well, like I said, that's how much I believed in your campaign. Congrats, <laughs> and I uh, hope to see you all tonight at the Buckhead Young Republicans meeting, 7 p.m., Georgia GOP headquarters, Maple Drive. Thanks again for listening to Greg's List. We'll see you in a week or two.
7: Right. Thanks, man. Bye. Uh,